Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Welcome into another edition of the Shant Show. We come to you in the lead up to Coastal Carolina's game against Georgia Southern this Saturday. At least we hope it's this Saturday. Hurricane Ian might have other plans, but... We'll go with what we're told. Saturday, 4 o'clock on the plus. They uh, come into this game at 3-1, and one, the Eagles do. They come in with a quarterback in Kyle Van Trees who has almost 1,300 yards passing. He also has six interceptions to eight touchdowns, so he's a bit of a turnover machine. But a Georgia State team that's respectable in their first season under Clay Helton. Josh, what are you expecting out of this team on Saturday? Well, you mentioned Kyle Van Treese, and it's a guy that we are pretty familiar with and not from the Sun Belt. We played him at Buffalo last year. He was actually after our first episode ever of this podcast. So, and he, I mean, he pretty much diced us up. He knows what we're doing. He wasn't, he wasn't great, but he was good enough to put him in the game. So a guy that we've played before and a guy that we know knows what to do against us, but this is a different defense now. And it's going to be a monsoon, just like it was last year. But the only thing that might be different is hopefully this is the first time Grayson McCall will ever play against Georgia Southern. Hopefully he's been injured the last two years. We've had Fred Payton and Bryce Carpenter start against him. Never had Grayson McCall start. So hopefully he can be able to start, and it looks like he will. And we should be able to get it done. We're better than them in almost every way. So, yeah, I'm expecting a Coastal win, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, um, Vantrese is one of the guys that's very interesting to me. I feel like he has somewhat of a blueprint of what we can do um, defensively. But at the same time, we were able to, you know, control the game just last year, and we were able to get everything we needed to take care of Buffalo. But we can't take anything for granted from Vantrese. I mean, it was a close game last year, even though it was with Buffalo. But I feel like we – defensively the way we've been balling out the last two or three games I feel like we have what it takes to to slow him down and keep him under uh, containment um the thing is is you know they got a lot of confidence you know they they've got some quality wins this year but at the same time you know I'm always going to bet on the shots when it comes to this so um we can't take this team for granted at all we need to just you know Mario says it all every time stay humble just stay humble and if we continue to keep playing the game that we we are known for playing, you know, and I'm I'm eager to see how Grayson's gonna look with that after that ankle injury, but we sh- we definitely have Georgia uh, Southern's number, and Clay Helton can say whatever the hell he wants about getting his fan base out there out there to Conway, but it it ain't gonna be their day come Saturday. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah, I mean Kyle Van Trees, we said it like he did he did a pretty decent job against us uh, when we played him back in Buffalo, but. The one thing I remember about that game and the, and the one key fact there was that defense. You know, Buffalo that had a very good defense last year and they were a defense that definitely knew how to pressure us and make it tough on even Grayson McCall to like get stuff done. Still did a decent job, but Buffalo really did make Buffalo's defense was really the key factor in that game. And I look at Georgia Southern's defense and not that it's bad, but like it's not like they're 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 decent, they're okay, but it's not like and I don't think it's as high pressured as Buffalo was so overall like this offense for Georgia Southern is really good if they're going to win the game that's what's going to be off of is that offense so 
and we're going to have to match them offensively as well. Um, but yeah, again, I I don't think this is I don't think Coastal is going to lose this game. I think they will win it, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think this is going to be a close game. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that this is going to be a competitive game. Coastal Carolina comes into this game having forced the most turnovers in the country, tied with USC at 14. And a turnover margin of 7 shows some of the problems with the offensive side of the ball. But, I mean, this is a team that can cause some damage on the defensive front. How do they stop Kyle Van and, and this potent passing offense, other than maybe some raindrops? Jordan... What does this defense have to do to lock down Georgia Southern, an offense that is clicking on all cylinders but isn't really putting the ball in the end zone? I think that we need to establish um, the defensive line front. I think that's going to be something that we need to do um, right out of the gate. We need to make sure that Van Trees gets hit a lot. If we can um, if we can establish a lot of hits on Van Trees and a lot of quarterback hurries, it's going to make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket. And when – I would much rather have him try to make plays out of the pocket than try to do um, good in the pocket. So I would like to see our defensive line try to get some sacks and get some hits on them. Um, I don't want us to try to get some um, rough in the passer penalties, though, with it. I want to, you know, if, if there's a way for us to get some clean hits on them, definitely do that. Um, and I think our safeties and our corners need to definitely be the ball hawks that we know that they can be. You know, I don't know if Lance Boykin's going to be able to play this game or not. Um, you know, we really don't know much about his injury, but um, hopefully he's able to play. But if not, you know, the Jordan Strong and, you know, Jacob Prochet, I feel like those two can definitely continue to keep uh, holding it down until he can get back. But if they can definitely be ball hawks and make it hard on uh, the receivers, we'll have a, a way easier time keeping them out of the end zone. And it'll be very easy for us to get the ball back have more time on our possessions and and run the score up uh, with Grace McCall in that offense. Yeah, Georgia Southern is normally a run-heavy team, but this year they got went out and get, got Van Treese, who's a good, experienced quarterback, and they've averaged over 320 passing yards a game. So that's really what we're going to have to stop. We have a better rushing offense than they do, but passing, I mean, they've been airing it out this year. Against Nebraska, 45 points, lost 30, 21 points. I mean, they've been scoring 30 points a week constantly. They average almost 40 points a game. so And that's all based on their passing offense for the most part. So kind of like what we mentioned against Buffalo, the defensive line is going to have to get going. And like you said, Jordan, if we put pressure on him, I mean, we saw it against when we played him at Buffalo. We put pressure on him. He's not that great. A lot of college quarterbacks are that way. So defensive line is going to have to step up big in this game. And, yeah, the key is going to be putting pressure on him. If we can stop that passing game and – you mentioned Lance Boykin as well. He probably will be able to play. That's usually the way the concussion protocol works by now, especially if the game gets moved back to maybe even Sunday with this hurricane. But the passing offense, I mentioned the hurricane, might not even be that much of a factor. So if it comes down to the running game, I think we've got him there. Yeah, one thing about Georgia Southern, I was looking at the stats, and judging by it, either Vantrese is a really like great scrambler or they got a really good offensive line. Ventrese has been sacked one time this year, and they have, I think, over five running backs with more than four yards per carry. This is a really good offensive line, I think, that Georgia Southern has. That's what I'm going to put. That's what I think it really is. Um, and that's something that our defensive line is going to have to try to exploit, and it's going to be a strong suit for them. Um, this offense is very, very explosive. You know, like this is why I'm not taking 
taking Georgia Southern like for granted. I know the uh, over under is ten. I think it's gonna be under. Like I'm gonna be honest, and like I don't get me wrong. Well, the the I, spread is ten. The over under. Right. Is excuse 10. me. My bad. Right, right, right. I think I think it's gonna still be under. To be honest, I think it's gonna be less than ten points. Um, I do expect us to win this game, but I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm expecting like a high scoring game. I think that's the only way we win. I, I could it like I don't I can't really see it being a defensive game, but I really do think this is gonna be a high scoring game. It, that doesn't mean it won't be like a defensive game. It doesn't mean something like unpredictable will happen, but I really do think this is gonna be a high scoring game. Um, I think our best chance is obviously I think I think our running backs can definitely have like a big impact on this game, especially guys like Beasley if he continues to play the way he has. Um, Hope's gonna have to like pick it up a little bit. He's been playing really well, but he's gonna have to play even better. That passing game is really going to have to start to score quickly. There's a lot of factors that this offense is going to be tested with. And this is a great offense, but they're really going to be tested. And as far as defense, if this defense can hold Georgia Southern to under 30 points, then I consider that a dub. I really do. Because honestly, this is going to be a really hard offense to stop. I can already see it. The running back is absolutely filthy. Uh, Jalen White. Obviously, we know about Kyle Van Treese. Uh, their leading receiver, Derwin uh, Burgess, like he's he's really good as well. This team, I'm telling you, like this offense really is concerning to me. I do think our offense can be better. I think our defense can make enough clutch plays to win it. But I'm telling you, I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game. Well, and I think it comes down to, like I said, when I posed that question to the group, Georgia Southern is a team that puts up a lot of offensive numbers, but they don't necessarily get into the end zone. Vantrese has six interceptions. They, 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 they've got really good players on that offense, but man, they, they struggle to get into the end zone. They, they shoot themselves in the foot constantly. And with the 12th man being Hurricane Ian on Saturday, that limits the effectiveness of Kyle Vantrese. And I'm with you, Josh. I think our running game is way better than theirs. I think if this game has to be a grounded out, pounded out game, I don't think Georgia Southern has a chance. And it excites me that that Coastal Carolina might, you know, walk away comfortably for the second week in a row, or at least at halftime be comfortable. And I'm looking forward to Saturday, but Jordan, who are you looking for a big game out of Saturday? Yeah, uh, for me, I mean, I feel like, it's going to be – it's going to have to be C.J. Beasley. I feel like he has a lot of momentum going forward right now with the last couple of games that he has played. And I feel like he's going to continue to keep doing that um, this Saturday, hopefully this Saturday against Georgia Southern. You know, we I think we may have honestly found a three-headed running game. You know, people have 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 forgotten about Braden Bennett. You know, and it's, he hasn't played this year. Um, we don't we don't know the specifics to his injury, but he hasn't played this year. But once he comes back and once Reese White can get back into the mix and get back to doing the things that Reese White is known for doing, and then you add in CJ Beasley, my God, that's that is probably three of the best running backs in the Sun Belt. And that's gonna be something tough that defenses are gonna have to try to find a way to contain and they're not gonna be able to because that's just how good of running backs we have. So I think C.J. Beasley is going to keep the momentum going. I think he's going to have over 100 yards this game, and I think that he may even have, I'll say maybe two touchdowns. I'll go with two touchdowns. I think he's just become that type of prolific running back for us for now. 
But uh, yeah, CJ Beasley for sure. Yeah, I kind of like what you said and kind of what you said last week as well. Reese White, I don't really know what's going on with him. and He didn't play at all last week, but I don't. I haven't heard anything injury-wise from him. I know they said he was held out with an injury, but he's got to get back. I mean, he's a great running back. We can't let the fact that he fumbled twice against Buffalo take us away from how great of a running back he is. So, I mean, 35 yards per rush. It's just got to be – he's got to step back up. This is a good game where he can, in a monsoon – Granted, he better put stickum on his hands, and he better hold on to that ball as tight as he ever has in the rain. But, I mean, if Reese White can bounce back in this game and we can have him and C.J. Beasley, me and Jordan were talking about this earlier. Once we get Brandon Bennett back into the equation, it's something we were worried about going into the season, but we might have a three-headed monster again with C.J. Beasley, Reese White, and Brandon Bennett. So, I mean, I'm just excited to see, and I hope Reese White is able to get back in this game, but – Honestly, weather report-wise, assuming we play this on Saturday, I don't think the passing games are going to be much of a factor with 40-mile-an-hour winds and a downpour. They'll play in that, but it's going to be terrible, and it's going to be a running game. So maybe maybe even I'll throw Gerard Clark in. If you take – the rain takes a lot of skill and a lot of the finesse out of the situation, a 345-pound, five guy is going to make a lot of plays. So – Maybe this is the game Gerard Clark can rack up eight sacks and 20 solo tackles. So I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. Steal my pick, Josh. <laughs> now I'm joking. Um, I, I was going to pick Gerard Clark. Honestly, if I had to really like think about it, besides Gerard Clark, I'm going to go with, if I had to really take a guess, it's going to be, have to be one of those wide receivers. It is. It's going to have to be Jared Brown. It's going to have to be Sam Pickney. Because I really do think there are going to be times when we have to score this ball quick. And um, last game, you know, Jared Brown showed that he really can be that guy. Like, he really is a dog. So, if he can show that against Georgia Southern, then, again, I have, like, a little, you know, that takes a little more, like, weight off of my shoulders or stress that, you know, co- that Coastal can win this game. But I'm going to have to go with one of those two. Uh, Pickney. Jared Brown. I mean, hey, we had a breakout game from Jared Brown. Even if it's somebody like Tyson Mobley or uh, Tyler Roberts, you know, maybe, you know, maybe uh, Jenkins the tight end. You know, what, what, whoever it might be, one of these wide receivers has to have a breakout game. And I think there's going to be times where we really have to, we really have to, you know, get down this field and we got to score quick because Georgia Southern has such an explosive offense. Um. But yeah, I, besides Gerard Clark, because that was my number one choice, just because we need to stop that running game on offense, I'm going to have to say either Sam Pickney or Jared Brown. One of those guys are going to have to step up. I called him out on this podcast a couple weeks ago. I'm going to go Willie Lampkin. This is going to be a pounded out, grounded out, run game, ground game based offense. It's just going to have to be. Josh, you said it, man. 40 mile an hour wins. It's going to be raining cats and dogs. You'll be lucky if you can see the other sideline on the TV broadcast. Like, it's going to be crazy. And this is a guy who's had some struggles this season. He was an all-sunbelt pick coming in, and I don't know that he's played up to that. I think he can, though. He has it within him. This entire offensive line has it within him. I've seen the talent. I've seen them be able to lock down. Hell, they gave against Army. We gave a game ball to Bill Durkin, right? Like... This is this is a team and an offensive line that can step up. 
I've got my eyes on on on. I was gonna say big five seven. I don't know that he qualifies like that, but on on number five seven there in the in the center of the offensive line, getting that push on every play. So I'm I'm excited, but. Um, with that, I think we go ahead and we move into predictions. Guys, where are you at? Mario, I'll start with you. Give me your prediction for the game. Honestly, dude, like, I don't even know. I really do this is going to be a high-scoring game. Like, I can't make one. If I had to take a guess, like, I do think this is going to be a high-scoring game. There's some parts of me that's telling both teams are going to go over 40. Something's telling me that. There's another part that might go lower. I'm going to go, I think it's going to go under 10. I'm going to go probably 35-41 Coastal. I really do think this is going to be a close game. And I think Coastal is going to pull it out. It's going to be a very competitive game. I think Coastal is going to fight. You know, they're going to make some good plays. It's going to be a little rocky at times. But I think Coastal is going to come out 41-35 and get the, and get this done. I'm going to go ahead and give mine, mine the fact that this is completely based on the fact that this game is being played at Saturday at 4 p.m after we've just gotten hit by Hurricane Ian or what's left of it, it won't quite be a hurricane. But assuming we played this game in heavy wind and heavy rain, I think we walk away 24-17 victory. I don't think field goals are much of an option at all. Extra points maybe. I'm assuming that for now. But I think it's going to be the over-under is 58. I don't know if Vegas has looked at the weather report at all, but that's my super mega max goat whale lock of the century oh. to take the under. If you want to make money, pound so, that under so hard right now because there's no yeah. way Vegas has looked at the weather forecast. No, no. So I think there's going to be a lot of running. They might try to throw the ball, but it's not going to do anything. Evan Crenshaw, I hope you've practiced in monsoon before because if you you get a couple punts, it's going to be very important. But yeah, I think it's going to be a run and pound. I think it's going to be a boring game. I think it's going to be a terrible game to watch. I'm going to be working. I'm going to be putting it on TV. So uh, I will be the one seeing that first. So it's going to be pretty rough. But, yeah, I think it's just going to be a run slugfest, 24-17 shots. That's what I'm going to go with. The, the other thing, too, is, like, this weather could create, like, a lot of turnovers as well. And if they turn – if one of these teams turns over the ball in, like, a good field position, like, they could score. I, I still think it could go either way. Oh, but, scares that's, me. that's a totally valid point, yeah. What like, scares I me mean, is the pitches right. are our option. I hope that doesn't yes. kill our option pitches. Right. Like, who's to say, like, one of these running backs don't fumble the ball because, like, it's too wet or whatever, and then they right. get it on, like, the 10-yard line. You know what I'm saying? Like, either, we both have great running, like, teams. So, like, who's to say that, like, can't happen? It could be either or. You know, the ball might not be thrown the right way, and, you know, it turns into a defensive game because of the wind or the rain or whatever it might be. We don't know. You know, That's but, part of it. That's part of the reason I put it so low is because I think, especially the way we've seen it the past couple of weeks where Grayson's waiting so long to get the ball out, and he's literally throwing forward passes over defenders. I don't think that's really going to be an option this week if we play it on Saturday. And I think we're going to have to do a lot of regular traditional style handoff, halfback dives. And it's not going to be a good offense for us. You're not going to be able to look at this game and know anything about these two teams going down the road in this season. But I think we're going to pull it out and, but I think it's going to be a terrible game. This is going to be the hardest prediction I think I've made this entire season. But we'll see what happens. Well, I, I'm going to just go out and say it. I'm going to say the shots stay hot. I'm going to say 28-14 shots. I'm going to I'm going to say Grayson McCall has a passing touchdown in all the rain. 
All of it just coming down. He's going to find a way to get it to Sam Payton or Jared Brown. And then I'm going to say C.J. Beasley's going to have two touchdowns. I said it earlier. He's going to have over 100 yards, two touchdowns. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say Grace McCall, run it in your damn self because, hell, the offensive line isn't going to block for you. So, shit, you got to do something. Go ahead and just run it in. Run it in like you did against Army. Get you a rushing touchdown. Get you another one in you. And um, that's going to be the one that just – a two-touchdown lead late in the fourth quarter. It's going to be too much for those Eagles to uh, to come back from. So I'm going to say 28-14. Shant, stay hot. Shant, still undefeated going into another week. So I am excited. I am confident. I like the way this team is going. I am terrified of Hurricane Ian. <laughs> and I think that that's the ultimate wrench in this is, is like you said, Josh – a hurricane like that almost limits Coastal's offense to halfback dives, fullback dives. We, we don't do that. We run outside zone, triple option, pitch it at the last second after every defender is committed. And we're not going to be able to do that. You're going to get seven fumbles. You keep it up like that. We've had fumble problems in dry weather, let alone in a monsoon. So uh, with that, I think I'm going to be a little bit more conservative on my prediction I think that the under hits, so you're not going to get to 58, and the spread, Coastal's not going to cover the 10. Uh, I'm going to go 24-17 Coastal. Um, a little bit low scoring, a little bit, you know, it's the same prediction Josh had, but I think it's right on the money. Like, I, I think they'll get close in the red zone and have to kick a field goal, so you get to 24, and it'll be a game where it'll not be nail-biting. I think it'll be... Coastal will score two touchdowns and just keep that lead going. Um, and then maybe Georgia State gets one late and, and makes it kind of a contest. But with that, I think we go ahead. Uh, Josh, you have something to add there. Yeah, I wanted to say that, like you, like you just said, it won't be nail-biting. Even if it's a seven-point game, if it's raining with winds and Georgia Southern gets the ball back with three minutes left and they have to go 80 yards – I mean, you're not going to feel good about that. That's going to feel pretty good for Coastal, so I think that's what he was trying to say. I really don't – I can't stress this enough. I don't think the passing game is going to be much of an option this weekend. So I think that bodes well for Coastal. But, yeah, I think it's – like that's what he means when he says a nail-biter. You're not going to be able to run a two-minute drive like normal. No, you're not going to be worried about what Georgia Southern can do with the ball in their hands, even if it is a seven-point game, right? If they have the ball in their hands with less than – two minutes with a minute 30 i'm not worried about that in, in the in the rain and the storm and everything that's happening like coastal's defense has already proven that they're opportunistic enough if the ball slips out of van Treese's hands coastal's gonna end up with it right he under yeah exactly like that's just how they do the things that they do in, in conway with that i think we moved to a little bit of, of news and notes um Georgia Tech is going through a massive change in their athletics department. Fired their athletics director, fired their head football coach after posting a god-awful 10-28 and 28 record in three years. And the only reason we mention that, and the only reason we talk about that, is because ESPN put out a list of the top 10 candidates for the job. Now, this is not... People who have talked to Georgia Tech, this is not, hey, he is the coach. But 
Jamie Chadwell is on that list. Now, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago with Nebraska, and I still think that's an option for him. I think staying in the South is more realistic, and I think what Jamie Chadwell can do with a team based in Atlanta and the resources that a Power 5 school has is scary to think about. But he's our coach now. How much of a distraction is this, Josh? Yeah, I don't know that, like you said, it's going to be more of something closer comes up, something in the South. But I do want to point out, I was talking to Jordan about this earlier. I think he'd be a great coach for Georgia Tech. I mean, he we we were talking about it. We we basically run a better version of the offense that they've been running. And I'm sure they would love to have Jamie Chadwell. And I actually think the ACC is a weak enough Power 5 conference that he could actually go in there and thrive. And, I mean, you could keep pretty much the same recruiting pipelines. He could convert a lot of kids to the yellow and gold. So I think Jamie Chadwell would do well there. But – I don't know if it's somewhere that he would really jump to because we also mentioned that it's kind of a hard job. They don't even have an athletic director right now. So it's kind of a whole department that's in disarray. So I don't know that he would jump to it. I don't think the Georgia Tech job is a very big distraction, but I think if something else pops up, it could be a pretty big distraction. Well, the thing that I I want to talk about real quickly is like this is now two jobs in what three weeks, two weeks if that, that two Chadwell weeks. has been linked to, and I think you're starting to get to distraction levels just in like, oh he's leaving, like if, it, it, he's going to get to the end of the season and have his name attached to seven or eight open power five jobs, and that's going to be a distraction moving forward, even if it's not Georgia Tech, even if it's not Nebraska. Him having his name here is a distraction enough because it means that other things are coming. Yeah, as long as we keep winning, there's not going to be – and I don't care if he stays another season, if he stays another five season, you're not going to have a single moment in time where there's not fear that Coach Chadwell is going to be going somewhere else after the season or he's, he's going to be linked to every Power 5 job pretty much that opens up from here on out. So this is something we're going to have to get used to even if he stays past this year. And, yeah, like you mentioned, it's always going to be a question of is he staying past this year or anything like that. It's going to become a distraction. And there's not really much he can do about that because the media is going to do what the media is going to do. And, yeah, this is going to be something we have to deal with for the rest of his tenure here at Coastal. Yeah, and, you know, his name was linked to a lot of coaching um, job openings last year too. We were on the pod talking about a lot of job openings as well with his name linked to it. But, but I feel like, you know, if he did go to Georgia Tech, that would be something um, that he could really turn that program around. I really do feel like that. I feel like he would have a lot of marquee upsets, um, you know, playing against, you know, Florida State, playing against Clemson, playing against NC State and Wake Forest. And even Syracuse, Syracuse has become a, an undefeated team in the ACC as well. So, you know, those teams, I feel like Jamie Chadwell, with the offense that he runs and the play calling that he does, he would have no problem um, beating some of the upper echelon teams of the ACC, uh, even upsetting Clemson as well. But um, I have a I have a feeling that he I, – I just feel like he may stay. I feel like, you know, with the way that, the you know, the playoff expanding to 12 games – I feel like Coach Chadwell is going to try to do his part to make sure he gets Coastal into that playoff. Now that it's going to get expanded to 12 teams, why not? I mean, he's probably seen what uh, Cincinnati's head coach did last year with Cincinnati making it to the playoff last year, and he probably wants to be that next 
um, small, small tier coach. He's not a small coach in our opinion, but coming from a smaller school, he wants to probably be that guy to try to lead his, his, his school to a, a playoff appearance and even some wins. So I feel like, you know, coach Chadwell will, will be linked to a lot of game to a lot of teams with more openings that are happening with more coaches getting fired. But I feel like he may stay and try to bring something special here at Coastal, even with Grayson leaves. I feel like he may stay and try to lead Coastal to the playoff when it uh, becomes available in, I believe, 2024, 2025. So we just got to wait and see what happens. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, I just got an ESPN alert while we were recording that the college football playoff committee got together and they couldn't decide when they were expanding, just that they were. Um, so there's that, but I think Georgia Tech, and, and the reason Georgia Tech scares me, I guess is the best way to put it, is they're the perfect launching board for Jamie Chadwell to get to the next level, right? They're a Power 5 school, they have more money, they have more ability, they have a better market than Coastal Carolina does, but they don't have the rabid fan base of a Nebraska, of a Oklahoma, of a whatever, he can go three and nine his first four seasons, and it'd be fine. He'd have time there. Yeah, he'd have time to get it together and, and make Atlanta a hotbed for college football again. Mario, what are your thoughts on this? Well, look, it would be a story, you know, the man who was running the Kings of Atlanta going to Atlanta. Like, that would be a, that would be a good story. Considering the fact that, like, you know, we think we're like the Kings of Atlanta because we just beat Georgia State. That's a different story for a different time, but... Overall, there's two reasons why, like, I'm not, like, concerned about it. A, because, like you said, they don't have an athletic director yet, so they don't have everything set in stone, which I think Jamie Chadwell is a smart enough man to kind of, like, look at all the factors opposed to what they have so far. I think he would want to look at all of that. Um, That's number one. And number two, the reason why I'm not so concerned is because it really hasn't, like, it's like a little spark. It hasn't grew to a flame yet. So until that happens, like, I can't really be concerned as this uh, of this as, like, a distraction. You know, like, I was a lot more concerned when uh, they were talking about him and potentially Oklahoma right there. I thought that was a perfect time for him to just go and dip. And I really thought, like, there was a possibility he could do that, you know, but he didn't. Um, and so overall right now, I'm not concerned. Who's to say in the future, you know, he gets a better, like, job? We don't know. Here's what I think. If I'm Chadwell, right, and I want a better coaching opportunity, what I would probably do is, uh, Grace, Grace, this is Grayson McCall's last year. He goes. He, he ends up doing what he does. He ends up going to the NFL. I say you stay one more year, and if you make Coastal Carolina a winning team without Grayson McCall, I believe the coaching opportunities that you're going to get is going to skyrocket. Because not only did you do it with a good coach, you did it with a good quarterback, you also did it with the next upcoming quarterback right behind him. So there would be no doubt in my mind, there would be no doubt, not just in our minds, but college football fans and college football analysts around the world and even college college uh, universities themselves, there would be no doubt that he is this great of a coach. That's what I think. I think you wait until the year after Grayson McCall leaves. You finish out that season, and I think the opportunities are going to get bigger and bigger. But right now, I really can't see him going to, like, Georgia Tech right now, considering the fact that they don't have everything in place yet or everything set in stone. Okay, so basically, I, I like a lot of what you said, but except for the fact that if you can prove you're a winning coach without Grayson McCall, that is one of the scariest things that I've ever heard. But you got to do it. Do. 
But if he stays, you know what that tells me? It tells me that Bryce Archie is the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. And I just wanted to point out, me and Jordan were talking about this earlier today. We, The Coastal fan base will not blame Jamie Chadwell if he leaves after this year. He's going to stay the whole year. That's the kind of guy he is. We are fully supportive of wherever he goes. And I, like I said, I'd be a fan of wherever he goes as long as it's not Virginia Tech. So we just want to – I don't know that he would – I think you said he's a smart man. And I think he's a smart enough man to know that once Grayson McCall leaves, that would be his best chance to get out. But right. that's all I have to say. But if he stays <laughs> – it means he has a lot of faith in what's coming up. And all I know behind him that's going to be here is Bryce Archie, a quarterback. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all. If there's a time for him to get out, it's now. <laughs> right. Well, look, I think he's smart, and I think he's confident as well that he is that good of a coach. I truly believe that. I think he's smart and confident. And so I really, like, personally, I think I think that would be a great opportunity for him to say, hey, look, I'm that dude. Like, I'm that coach. You know, I – it's Grayson McCall. Yeah, he's a great quarterback. All For all the doubters who thought after Grayson McCall left, we couldn't win. Well, I just won with the next guy, too. So there's no doubt. So there's no doubt that not only am I a good coach, but I'm a good enough coach to get a better position at some place besides Georgia Tech or even higher than Georgia Tech. Well, what happens if he goes five and nine? If he goes five and nine, then the worst thing's worse is you stay at Conway. And that's not a terrible thing. Like, I'm sorry, but it's not. Like you know, like I, you just stay at the place you're at right now. Like I don't, I don't. Yeah, think but that... I mean, that's not that's not how the world works, right? Like Coastal Carolina is not Alabama. You're not going to have Nick Saban at the helm for 15 years, right? Like right. you've got to move up and you've got to go. the 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 time of coaches staying at their school forever, regardless of their market size and regardless of how good they were and what level they were, are long gone. And to Josh's point, Coastal Carolina fans aren't going to be angry at jamie chadwell for stepping away and taking over a new program it's it's we're thankful for the things he's done here and we're excited for the next chapter and in all honesty if your coach isn't being linked with bigger jobs and isn't being linked with moving away he's not doing the right things with your program anyways jordan what are you you've got some thoughts on this where are you at i mean the only thing i have to say is um, when it comes to the Georgia Georgia Tech job, just imagine he's gonna have to play Georgia the last game of the year. And you know, Georgia's on a whole nother level right now, especially after you know the recruiting classes that they get every year, and they're just coming off this national championship, and they may even contend for yet another one. I don't I'm not saying that would be too much for Coach Chadwell, but Georgia's got some dogs over there. <laughs> and and to to try to play that that team and to try to play them, especially in a rivalry that, you know, Georgia and Georgia Tech have, I I would want I wouldn't want Coach Chadwell to try to, you know, make the jump right now just simply because of, you know, Kirby Smart is pretty much dominating the recruiting class in Georgia and he's getting other key players in different states as well. So I think he should stay um for now and just wait and see what else may happen. But I think he's a great fit for Coastal, and he needs to stay here and try to do something special here. He's already done special things here, but I want him to try to do even more special things before his time is up here in Coastal. Well, and I think you said two things there, and, and one of them was that 
Georgia has focused on being a national brand and recruiting nationally. They bring in guys from California and Texas and Pennsylvania and Virginia, and Georgia's a recruiting hotbed too, right? They bring in some guys. But I think if you have the right guy in Atlanta and you have the right guy at Georgia Tech, that you can get all the four-star guys that Georgia didn't offer because they brought in some kid from California instead. You can grab that three-star tight end that's 6'8", because Georgia grabbed one from Texas that's, you know, a five-star recruit. And is your guy better? In theory, no, but hell, we saw it with this Coastal team. One and two and zero-star guys can be just as good as four and five. So I think you put Jamie Chadwell in, in that situation, he can do really good things. I think the only coach that can do better than Jamie Chadwell is Coach Prime. You Can you imagine Deion Sanders recruiting in Atlanta for Georgia Tech? That dude would have the number one class in the country next year. He's the only candidate. I know that that list of ten had like Bill O'Brien, had you know some other guys on it that aren't even noteworthy really. But you had Chadwell and you had Coach Prime. And man, Coach Prime would do some numbers at Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, they put it in the article. It's like Jamie Chadwell's 26-3 and since blah, blah, blah at Coastal, whatever date it was. And, I mean, how is a Georgia Tech fan base? Could you not be excited about that? And how could you not give him three to four years to let his recruiting sit in? I mean, we talk about this recruiting class that Coastal had. It's one of the first recruiting classes. It's the first recruiting class Coastal's ever had that is primarily three stars. And you know where a lot of those three stars had? We looked, Georgia Tech, and they chose to come to Coastal. Those are guys that Jamie Chadwell, he's recruiting that pipeline. He already knows that system. Like I said, well, he'd be great for them. And he recruits that area well. And all those guys that are going to Coastal would be going to Georgia Tech. He's a great recruiter. And, I mean, yeah, other than Coach Prime, I mean, in terms of guys that could actually succeed there and use that as a launching pad to whatever they want to do next, yeah, he's the guy. Yeah, I think so, but we've got a game on Saturday to focus on first. Georgia Southern comes to town. Just just a little reminder, because we got a little sidetracked there, that that's what's coming next rather than the coaching carousel that's going to be absolutely insane this season. I'm super excited to see who Nebraska can convince to take over that dumpster fire. Um, but we'll see. We've got our eye on, on a couple of programs around the country for Coach Chadwell and and. We wish him all the best if he does leave, and if he stays, Matt Ho, get to work on that statue. For the love of God, please. But, with that being said, follow us on Twitter, at The Shant Show, on Instagram, at Shant Show. Give us your score predictions, let us know. How are you feeling? Is uh, Hurricane Ian going to be enough of a factor? Send us some questions, let us know which, uh, what you guys want to hear, and uh, we'll be back soon. With that, Shant's up.